0: Shut up, and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle, and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro... James Schuyler-Hautsmouth. And the scientific scholar,
1: Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey, exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie.
2: Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or cats, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode... Welcome to the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. There are things that go bump in the night, Agent Myers,
0: And we are the ones who bump back.
2: Hellboy. Well, come on in. Meet the rest of the family. Abraham Sapien. Less human? Name. Don't worry, Boy Scout. She'll take care of you.
0: These freaks. They give me the creeps. Really? Every time the media gets a look at him, they come running to me. I'm running out of life.
2: If there's trouble, all us freaks have is each other.
1: What the hell is that?
0: Something big.
2: In the absence of light. Darkness prevails. Sixty years ago, I tried to destroy the world. They're back. You. Oh my god. Behind this door Ancient Evil. Oh well. Let me go in and say hi. Hellboy! And yes, there will be spoilers.
0: Hell, boy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what year did Hellboy come out? Someone remind me. 2004. 2004. Thank you. So we are, we are at 2004, gentlemen. You realize we have traversed 10 years among backtracking to capture films that come out every year. Of course, there are like five. And catching some TV shows. But we've made it 10 years back in the comic book history world. What a feat. I feel old. Yes, you should feel old, because this is Ben's first returning podcast as a newlywed. Peep, um, you're going to have to
1: start calling me Mr. Anderson. Ooh. Oh, Wait, no, hold that's on. That's your father's name. Yeah, no, that's, my name didn't change. Never mind. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, my dead. Nice. but my wife's did. Nice. My wife. <laughs> your wife. Doesn't that feel great to say? Feels pretty good. And not, not like my girlfriend but my wife. My wife. I love my wife. Don't talk about my wife that way, I didn't bitch. kill my wife. Exactly. <laughs> oh, John Mulaney jokes. How I like to just <clears throat> regurgitate them. Yeah. Okay, any other announcements? I know I try and sneak these in before we start to actually talking about first opinions of the movie. Apparently you did something to my cat. Oh, no. No, well, why cat set? you t- Okay, you have two cats, Emerson and Cricket. Emerson and Cricket. Okay, Cricket's new, but we've heard Emerson on the podcast before. He He's, makes sounds. He makes sounds. Yeah, we're, not, we're in studio now, but before when we used to do it remotely, Emerson would be p- picked up on the mic. But I can't sit during your wedding. Yes. Okay, I came over because we're, we're practically neighbors. We're like three blocks apart. Approximately. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> every time you pet Emerson, he flops on the ground and then starts reaching out his claws and like like digging his hand into the carpet, his paw into the carpet, and I described it as it feels like he it not feels <laughs> it looks like Emerson's having a little cat sized orgasm, cat sized <laughs> orgasm. New,
2: new info has come to light.
0: Ah, uh, so, um, so yeah, that's just that was just my weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> giving my cat <laughs> <an orgasm>. thats <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> okay, let's get to Hellboy. Because uh, first opinions, um, we'll we'll toss it to Skylar. Oh, cool. Um, first thing you have to say
2: about Hellboy is that how one great Guillermo del Toro is, and two how great Ron Perlman is. I think both of those guys should be doing exponentially more things because they're just awesome. Um, Hellboy's kind of unique in that it, um, it was one of the first forays into those supernatural graphic novels that we didn't see a whole lot of in the early 2000s, or at least successfully, in that it is better than the, most of the crop we see around that time. But at the same time, I kind of think it's one of um, GDT's stiffer movies. It, it doesn't flow or breathe as well as some of his other ones. And I don't remember it as fondly uh, watching the, uh, the parts of it I have seen recently. Popcorn bed.
1: I really like this movie. Um, I'm really impressed with Guillermo del Toro's like ability to create really u- unique looking monsters. So like in Pan's Labyrinth, like there's all the monsters in there and they look really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They look, I think just as good here. Like, the the Samuel, the dog. Yeah. Like, he's delightfully creepy, and it, like... It's 2004, but the special effects in this movie look a lot better than most movies made today.
0: There's a couple moments where they digitize his right hand because it doesn't have a really good full range of movement. Yeah,
1: and you can kind of tell. Yeah,
0: you can... Well, in my opinion, you can obviously tell. But, like, that is so forgiven for the amount of prosthetics they've used throughout oh, yeah. everybody else. But like, I... I just, like, every time that weird dog showed up, I was
1: like, this is gross. <laughs> like, he's just, like, reeking with body horror. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, saliva just, like, he's
0: drooling all the time. And it flies everywhere, and it just looks great. And it's really bad at, like, maneuvering because it's sort of like a big lumbering lion. Yeah. So it's moving really fast, and it slides everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just delightful, The really...
1: Like it's a good looking movie. Yeah. And the and the story's pretty good. Ron Perlman's great. There's some good good quips. <laughs> good funny moments. And yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Popcorn Michael.
0: Uh Hellboy Hellboy is one of those movies that I, I do enjoy, but I tend to forget right after I watch it. I don't get why that is, because I do enjoy Hellboy, and that while I'm watching it, I'm going, okay, I remember everything about this scene almost completely. Uh, it's, I guess it's just a weird shifting of memory, but in terms of actual opinion of the film, it's, it's been said twice, let's say it a third time. Nothing compares to Guillermo del Toro's just amazing visions. Of of world creating and fantasy lands, he is almost like bar none in filmmaking when it comes to elaborate, uh, absolutely enveloping worlds and almost to a believable extent. Like you can almost believe Hellboy is kind of a real thing. Um, you get lost in that. Uh, same thing with Abe Sapien. Uh, the acting stars shine out more than others. Ron Perlman and Doug Jones slash uh, David Hyde Pierce excel uh, more than probably Selma Blair and Jeffrey Tambor do. I don't even remember the actor who played Rasputin, but... Or
2: the main character that we follow throughout um, the BPRD.
0: The main character that we follow throughout BPRD?
2: The... Generic, oh, like every man character.
0: Oh, the white, yeah, the new kid on the block, the guy that was supposed oh, the to the white dude. Yes. The, oh yeah. The the face faceless white guy that sort of is just like supposed to be our relatable entry into the show, right? He's the character for us. If we are experiencing Hellboy, it is through his eyes, and we all want to mac on Selma Blair, but <laughs> right, which,
2: which I think is why Hellboy 2 is a more memorable film for me, just because that character just falls so flat and is a not great element of this movie.
0: He really isn't, and that's all right, because um, I think Hellboy has a lot of uh, replayability. It got a lot of flack for coming hot off the heels of being classified as one of those films riding the coattails of Spider-Man and X-Men. Um, and, of course, being grouped together with movies like Catwoman and Daredevil um, and Elektra, unfortunately, uh, as well as looks like it's copying too many aspects from The Matrix. It got accused of that a lot. Uh, Which aspects? The main villain was a sunglass-wearing guy who would only like appear in suits kind of thing. Uh, Guillermo del Toro comments about this in his in his commentary on the film here got he got grouped together after doing that with blade two because there was a lot of action sequences very similar to the matrix in blade two blade two is actually a good like, movie <laughs> blade two is actually kind of like the matrix though hellboy is nothing like the matrix mm, okay i believe you this is just what guillermo was saying so i feel i i'm just going going right off what he says because he, he's the one that was... He dives deep into uh, people actually responding to his film. He has a public email mm. that you can access. He even says it out loud in the commentary. He, like, spells it out for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that's all I got to say. Let's move on to the money section. Hit me up, Sky Guy. Production budget, $66 million. Pretty cheap end. Yeah,
2: n- nothing to write home about, but, you know, clearly not something you're going to make in your garage or anything. hmm and what they brought in was fifty nine point seven million, which, honestly, I was just thinking about this in terms of uh, GDT movies. Pretty good, considering people have like just considerably less and less gone to his movies over the years. Unfortunately, he makes these great movies, and people just stay home for him. Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak. <laughs> yeah. Overseas brought, helped out a little bit with uh, $39.7 million to bring the whole thing to uh, $99.4 million. So not quite that uh, blockbuster threshold, but so close. Which, thinking about it, it was pretty lucky that this movie actually got a sequel. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, the whole uh, budget-to-earning ratio was pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, and, high- and they're still talking about Hellboy 3, kind of. It's always a wisp in the wind.
2: Oh yeah, I mean if ever the stars align where, you know, GDT loses his next 5 projects which is <laughs> completely likely to happen.
0: He's yeah, he's commits to like 20 projects and then like 5 of 5 to 18 of them fall through. Right. Anyone remember the Haunted Mansion? Justice League Dark? Oh yeah.
1: Never heard of either of these.
0: Justice League Dark, he was slated to do for a long time. Okay. We're talking mm-hmm. like 10 years. Uh, and they and now still, it's talking without him. Yeah, and they're still kind of talking about it. Uh and it's coming out in animated form. But anyway, there's a there's a funny reason why this film suffered financially. It's not the whole aspect. The whole aspect being that people don't really recognize the brand of Hellboy, and of course, it's not Spider Man X Men, so it looks like Catwoman. Kind no, of this an, is age. an
2: image This is an image comic um, Dark Horse. Which is Dark Horse, thank you. Makes those two up.
0: Yeah, it's it's okay. But the thing is uh, fun fact, Hellboy is the title of this film. Several theaters refused to put it on their monikers and distribute it because of the title. Monikers? Yeah. Moniker being the outside of the building where they put the plates. That has a name? Yeah.
2: I mean the marquee?
0: The marquee. A moniker oh. might be the more stable uh, nameplate, but it's the same thing. It means like name on top of a building. Anyway...
1: oh wait no it's only on my phone (laughs) what does moniker mean Okay, google define moniker moniker a name
0: it's just a name still a name they wouldn't put the moniker of the film outside they wouldn't distribute it because it had hell in it Okay, Um, it was religiously offensive and this was so funny to Guillermo del Toro because it's not like I'm saying hellraiser hellspawn it's called hellboy all right, it's such a goofish like ironic twist to the whole mixture. Some theaters even hilariously retitled it Hello Boy. <laughs> That's even Hello dumb. Hello Boy. <laughs> and it's not like it's not without tremendous reason they aren't just a a bunch of dummies. This came out the same time Passion of the Christ did. And so if you've got Hellboy right next to Passion of the Christ in your theater, I guess that's not the best PR look. I get it.
2: So what you're saying is that conservative red state America in 2004 had a problem with probably the most tame uh, vulgarity you can come up with? Yes. Shocked.
0: It yes. was the
1: Bush administration. It was a different time. It was a different time.
0: Um also like you got to remember Passion of the Christ still the most profitable R-rated film of all time. Like a yeah. ton of people went to go see that movie. So many people and, wanted to go see that pe- movie. And those
1: people were not although, watching Hellboy. Although in we were about a year away from um The word being aired on Fox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what show
1: was that? Arrested Development.
0: Oh great. Oh, Tobias
1: God. um Tobias calls Lindsay a, quote, selfish country music lover. (laughs) Hello,
0: (laughs) maybe. How long have you been standing there? (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's enough about the uh, money. Let's get to comic books. All right. There's some fun comic book facts to do with this. Uh, This is uh, all characters from Hellboy come from Dark Horse Comics and are strictly uh, Mike Minolia. I sure hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I always forget if the G is silent. It's either Mignola or Manola. um, Skyward, do you have an idea? So bear with me. And if I'm wrong, just freaking deal. (laughs) Um, So Mike Mignola uh, created uh, the first run, the first official run of Hellboy in 1994 called Seed of Destruction. All right, that's where all of these characters come from. All of them. All right, the same place, except Hellboy himself. He originally drew Hellboy as a sketch in I think 1993 for Dime Press number four, back of a, a magazine. He got he got uh, got a little mini series in Dark Horse presents, little some side stories, until eventually getting his own uh, big full series in 1994. So, starting with all these characters, I'm going to breeze past characters like Tom Manning uh Ilya hopstein and cronin because uh they're very minor in the comic books they're they're around for a very little amount of time don't do a whole lot cronin is very different than his movie counterpart his movie counterpart does a lot of badass things and as an assassin clockwork cyborg uh cronin in the book sort of just dies right away and is a, a, a meek scientist obsessed with machinery but he he's has the gas mask look, which was, of course, fascinating to Guillermo del Toro. Oh, by the way, Guillermo del Toro, obsessed with Mike Mignola. okay? He, like, worships this guy because he thinks his comic books are da bomb. Uh, there
2: are worse people to be obsessed with.
0: For real. And next character, Trevor uh portrayed very similar to how he was in the movie he is hellboy's surrogate father one difference he's killed by a giant frog monster not cronin um and he's also around a lot less than he is in the film he's i think he was killed in the first issue maybe the maybe the within the first four at least so kind of doesn't play a big role as like that that father figure that is a turning point in the film when he dies uh, and sort of changes, you don't hear Hellboy crack as many jokes in the film after Brutonholm dies. And Guillermo de Toro makes note of that. Let's get to some real characters, though. Grigori Rasputin. We're going to get way more in-depth with him later, right, Ben? E. Okay, but for right now, comic book version of him. Again, pretty much uh, does the same thing that he did in the movie. Tries to use Hellboy to summon the Ogdru Jahad and fails. Um, Abe Sapien is actually possessed by a monk and spears him through the chest, and he turns into a ghost to conduct more evil plots.
2: Yes, but where was his talking bat companion?
0: (laughs) Ah, Anastasia reference! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eventually, though, his soul was... uh, His soul... Which was originally housed in the Eternal Tree of Life was transferred to an acorn in the, pres- in the possession of the Baba Yaga. Then that acorn slipped into a crack and fell into hell, and we haven't really heard from him since. Rest in peace. Rasputin. Ra Ra. Ra Ra Rasputin, <laughs> lover of the Russian Queen. There it is. And next Song character sucks. Abe <laughs> Sapien. Abe is actually a Victorian scientist named Langdon Call. He belonged to the Oanus, I don't know how to pronounce that. O a n n e s. Oannes. O-A-N-S. O-A-N-S. There's so many words from different languages in Mike Mignola comics. He just loves other uh, other culturals, urban legends, and mythology. But he belonged to the oana Society, which was a cult believing that all life now and knowledge came from the sea. After discovering a mystic jellyfish, the members of the occult performed an arcane ritual which ended with Langdon undergoing his transformation into an aquatic human. The cult, believing him to be the sea deity Oanus Reborn, sealed him away in a tube of water below Washington, D.C. In the outbreak of the American Civil War, he was abandoned and not rediscovered until 1950- 1978 where the BPRD scooped him up. Uh, and he has no memory of ever being Langdon Call, by the way, completely amnesiac. and he became a top-value agent, as well as a dear friend to Agent Hellboy. He has suffered many fatal wounds and been resurrected from death at least twice, so it is rumored that he is in fact immortal. Also, he's about 217 years old. Abe Sapien's psychic abilities that are displayed in the film are exaggerated to fit the plot, Compared to his comic counterpart's psychic intuition abilities, which are also occasionally conveniently stretched to fit the plot. Which you do. Because you have to. Because you have to. You got a psychic character, you use it for suspense. It's what you do. All right. Moving on to Liz Sherman. Liz developed pyrokinetic abilities at a very young age and was frightened by them, of course. Being raised Catholic, she believed that the flames were a manifestation of her sin and for a period of time was able to keep them under control with the power of prayer and will. But her powers are notoriously volatile, and when she was 11, a boy tugged hard on her ponytail, which caused her to lose control and incinerate an entire city block, emblazoning 32 people, including her brother, parents, and pet dog. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, that last one. Yeah, oh, the parent! Yeah, kill your own parents! But- no, the dog. Yeah, I know. no, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez! She was shifted around distant family members for about a year until the BPRD, uh, by the way, Bureau of Paranormal Research, not to be confused with the R.I.P.D. Yeah, uh, they finagled custody of her. She became a field agent of highly destructive capabilities and was frequently paired with the two most experienced members of the team, Hellboy and Abe Sapien. Uh, in her time at BPRD, she, was, she has set flame to many a monster and been involved in a few Armageddon prophecies as well. The origin of her fire abilities is unknown, but characters have theorized that her power stemmed from the Vril, an ancient energy with the legend that it was the manifestation of the power of God and used to form the world in its beginning. She also has no romantic relationship with Hellboy in the comics. They are merely colleagues and close friends. Just good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has... There's, a, there's small hints at a relationship with Abe Sapien, but that's about it. And finally, Hellboy. Anung Rama. Hell yeah, boy. Hello, Ooh. boy. Uh, Hellboy was summoned to Earth in 1944 as an infant half-demon. Mother human... Father demon, where he was raised by Professor Brutenholm a, as a normal child until he became a full-fledged agent of the BPRD in the 1970s. His real name is of course Anung Un Rama, which roughly translates to "and upon his brow is set a crown of flame." Uh, Minoah combined language. And legend from Tibetan and Hindu mythology, for that, by the way. <laughs> it's not strictly or uh, anything specific. On his right hand is crafted in an indestructible fist, that is, the last remaining piece of the greater spirit, Anun, a guardian present in the early ages of the world, whose claim to fame is both creating and entombing the Agdru Jahad. In the books, it is never clear what exactly needs to be done with the hand to unleash the behemoth, but every big bad under the sun hatches a plot to manipulate Hellboy into him causing the apocalypse. Many of Hellboy's adventures are drawn in a pulpish style, emulating the early 1940s adventures, and focus on paranormal mysteries, which he solves using his wit and brute force. An ever-present theme throughout the series is Hellboy's denial of his destiny as the creature that will usurp Satan and bring about a new age of hell on Earth. Of hello on Earth. Of hello (laughs) on Earth, uh, which is supposed to be the plot of Hellboy 3 if it ever gets made. Which it probably won't. Which it probably won't, but we can hope. No. Maybe animated. Hey, maybe we'll say something stupid like Netflix will pick it up. Netflix
2: original movie
1: <laughs> I just started watching Stranger Things and I already have some great drinking game rules for that oh maybe
0: maybe 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 but that's all I gotta say about comic books I skipped over the Jahad, um cause you should just read up on that thing cause it's just kinda cool it's like a it's like a dragon that brings about Ragnarok I mean in the comic book it's super creepy real creepy in the movie it's <laughs> still really creepy as well but not as creepy as in the book cause Mignola's artwork is divine and just sh- like real, real perfect use of shades to create an absolutely ominous aesthetic. But that's all I got on comic books. Let's move on to music.
2: Sky music. B. Music for Hellboy is written by uh, Marco Beltrami, who we have talked about at least a few times on this podcast. Not particularly positive.
0: Fan- Fantastic Four. <laughs>
2: Um, I think we mostly just scrooged over Philip Glass in that one. Oh. And then I was like, hey, if you want to listen to a good Marco Batchami score, go listen to Snowpiercer. Oh, that too. Um, But at least with this one, I can add an alternative to that one, to that offer, excuse me, in that this one is actually pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Let's take a listen to main title and get a sense of what we're dealing with here.
1: Too spooky for me.
0: What does that even mean?
1: It's it's too spooky for meme.
0: Too spooky for meme. I don't even where did that come from? It's just a stupid it's, meme. It's a stupid meme. Okay. It's not even a good meme. <laughs> Alright. Well anyway, Skylar. Yes. Thoughts?
2: This sounds really awful, but um with the running bass line under the boom boom boom, boom 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 boom. It really kinda reminded me of the theme from Sin City.
0: Yeah, Even it does. It's a lot
2: better. It's a lot better than the theme for Sin City, and came first.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Is this Sin City?" Because <laughs> it's still yeah, kind of fresh in my memory.
2: <laughs> I know, right? And they were, didn't come out too far uh, apart from each other. No, but this is this is better. Um, <laughs> it, it just it makes me want to say, you know. Hey, Marco Beltrami, how awesome is it when you don't have to just do long tones, like in the Wolverine, and we just oh. roll our eyes the whole time? But no, this is good. This is good stuff. Um,
0: Speaking of good, this next track...
2: A.K.A. Fireproof. Fudge, yeah. D, you know, I could go into great detail about describing it, but I don't really know it, so let's just listen to it.
0: <laughs> so you couldn't go into great detail about describing it?
2: No, I could bullshit. <laughs>
0: Hey, alright, here's fireproof.
2: That is pretty great. (laughs) Although, be fair, I heard big snippets of good music and then just (sighs) uh,
0: there's a there's a there's a weird point where it kind of gets a little comical. Um, it kind of it kind of sounds like uh uh a little Looney Tunes there. Yeah, a little Looney Tunes. That's Mm why I was like I was thinking Warner Brothers, but I couldn't pinpoint it. Warner Brothers did you know, produce Looney Tunes. Yeah, see,
2: they did. And to be fair, Hellboy does have like that little ludicrous Looney Tunes thing in the background, but you know, obviously not a forefront thing.
0: I think that was one of the tracks played during the subway fight scene. Uh, that's what it's, that
2: is what I'm recalling too.
0: Yeah, that's what it sounds like because that was kind of a little. It had a few comical moments, but it was kind of a big brawl, a lot of people getting hurt, kind of thing. I'm fireproof. You're not. Yes, and he also saved. Sorry, it. hold on. Uh, hey, I'm
1: fireproof. You're not.
0: Uh, not much of an improvement, but okay. we'll work on it. Uh, he was saving a box of kittens, which he didn't really need to save because they were sort of safe where they were, and he brought them into the danger. <laughs> brought them. Never to- <laughs> mind. <I'm laughs> not gonna finish that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. I have I have an idea where you're going, and now it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> he, we lost Ben. He's he's currently giggling at his own possible joke, um, as well as. Let's bring it back with the fact that he touches his horns, right? And he goes, ha, ooh, that's too hot. What the fuck is that about? Because you're fireproof. Why would that hurt? <laughs>
2: Seriously.
1: Just because you don't burn doesn't mean it doesn't hurt the whole time you're burning. What? That
2: would suck. The- that would, like, defeat the point almost.
0: Yeah, wouldn't like, it? Oh, so like he just, he just f- bites it down when he's making out with Liz at the end of the Hell movie? Hell yeah, wouldn't you? True. Uh, Selma Blair's pretty smoking Hot! Hey, I got that one. <laughs> well, I hope you did.
1: <laughs> also, no, I would not bite down while making out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if <laughs> if You're on fire. I hope that you would not be pleasant for anyone. This girl is on fire. Uh, Marco Beltrami really holds up the movie with some music. Okay, this is this is a a good score that supplements some 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 decent action film, and it has it certainly has its ups and downs. But in terms of uh, you could do so much worse by just picking out another uh, bland, very monologue esque superhero theme. He didn't, and I applaud.
2: You could have ended up with Marco Beltrami post two
0: thousand eight. Ugh, yeah, they had
2: it pre two thousand eight. Okay, that's good. Yes, final track. Final track. Mechanical Mausoleum. wait him! A-
0: That's it. That's the whole track. Sweet. To the point. Now, that sounds a lot like what we just listened to. Um, But uh, I know it was difficult to find the actual big musical moment of the film, that ending sequence, when Hellboy is using his hand to unlock the Agru Jihad. Is that just not really Uh, available?
2: You know, I could give you some reason about how, you know, they keep the best uh, track off the CD, but I just honestly don't know. So maybe we can insert it later.
0: Mm, we won't.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> ending ending music will be the Red Right Hand.
0: Uh, that or Ra Ra Rasputine. Uh, no. You don't get to decide these things. You don't edit. That's so. Maybe that's I want Ra Ra Rasputine. Maybe you What do. the hell are you gonna do about it? I will. What the hello? Are you gonna walk do about out of it? This room. <laughs>
1: Before I tell you about the real Rasputin.
0: Tell me about the real Rasputin. Skylar, I didn't close you out, but that was too good of a segue. Moving on. You have to promise to
1: use red right hand, though. Okay, I promise. Okay, good. Fingers uh, crossed. Rasputin, they talk about him in the movie?
0: Hell yeah, they do. He's yeah. a big character. He's a big character, and he's alive? In the 1940s, yeah. Yeah. And then he disappears until the 2000s. Okay,
1: well... He uh, did not live until the forties. He died
0: in 1916. Okay. Now this this version of Rasputin put a piece of his soul in the tree of life, the y- Yggdrasil of Norse legend, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yggdrasil. Uh, Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil oh thank you
1: three different pronunciations I've played Tales of Symphonia okay and in Tales of Symphonia they pronounce it Yggdrasil so
0: okay we'll go with that yeah so but this Rasputin there was one that actually existed the Grigori Rasputin Grigori
1: Rasputin yes real dude Um, he was somewhat of a he was a self-proclaimed mystic yeah lifespan Uh, lifespan Uh, he died in I don't know how old he was I Just
0: give me a date of birth, a date of death. A date of birth.
1: I got to look up his date of birth. I was just looking up details about his death. Uh, He was born 1869. Okay, 19th century. Yeah, so so he was a self-proclaimed mystic and healer. Really, he was just a lecherous drunkard (laughs) who found favor with the Tsar and Tsarina of russia at the time Nicholas the mm-hmm. second because he did heal their son uh and so they were like hey this guy's all right he was actually just like a creep
0: but and, he was a healer like he did have that knowledge base yeah yeah he did and um, because he could do that people thought he had mystic abilities because he saved the tsar's son yeah and that like gets you a bunch of renown i would assume yes and he was so he was
1: in in he was in Good with the Tsar, but the church and other nobles were like, this guy's got too much influence. He's too powerful. He's got to go. Let's call him a heretic. Yeah, and so they had him assassinated. Oh, wow. On the night of December 29th,
0: 1916. They had him assassinated? Why wouldn't At you? They tried. At le- like, why don't they do what the church usually does, and you know, bring them out into the open and publicly shame them and crucify them? Because I don't know. Oh wait, crucifying is their th- is not their thing. Anyway, uh, they do something. They do some lashes, they, right?
1: They, well, they they're like this this guy. Like we punishing him. Like whatever, not good enough. He's got to go. So how do they kill him? They well, they uh, fed him food. Laced with cyanide. Oh, that's a bummer. So, not a fun way to die. Um, I hear. But he didn't react to the poison, either because they fucked it up or he was, he just, it didn't take. Oh, so he survived that? He survived poisoning. Holy crap. So they shot him. Oh, wow. Shot him in the stomach and left him for dead. But he, revi- like, he woke up and escaped from the palace. <gasps> and then he was shot again. And beat. <laughs> and then he's, after they shot him again, he was still alive, and they're like, oh, fuck.
0: They've shot him three <laughs> times at this point.
1: Yes. And beaten him. Yes. And he's still going. And fed him cyanide, and he's still going. Uh, so they um, they tied his hands and legs and threw him in the river. And that's what did it. And that's what did it. Theoretically. Well, they, they found his body, and oh. his body was dead. Okay. So when, when in the movie, they're like, Oh, Rasputin, like, he was drugged, he was shot, he was castrated. I don't think he was castrated in real life. Okay. And he wouldn't die. hmm Like, he did eventually die, but... <laughs> he did eventually he, die. He died on the same night he was attempted, they attempted the assassination.
2: It just took a few attempts. Yeah,
0: wow. <laughs> it was just remarkable in how ineffective it was. They're, like, the exact opposite of Gavrila Princip. Yeah, <laughs> kind who of. Live. Who just sort of fumbled into, oh, my gosh, that's the guy I'm supposed to kill. Let's shoot Franz Ferdinand because he just happened to show up next to me. Yeah. Where these people are like, we hit our target five times. <laughs> five kill shots. And cyanide. Yes. That counts as a kill shot. Yeah. And still going. Got to throw him just in the river, I guess. Just
1: just drown him.
0: <laughs> just cut his dick off at some point. So, Jeez. Yeah, his... uh.
1: So he's he's kind of entered the realm of a legend because of how hard he is to kill. <laughs> yeah. His like alleged mystical powers. Yeah, his mystic background. And um his his lechery. Le- he was he allegedly had an affair with the the Zarina oh. which is the Tsar's wife. Yes.
0: Yeah. R- the lover. Empress. Lover of lover the Lover of the Russian Queen. Queen.
2: Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, for how gangly and weird he looks in, like, all the photos you see of him, apparently very healthy and resilient.
0: Yeah. They, didn't they do a movie and he was played by, uh, oh, crud, Snape? Alan Rickman? Yeah. Pretty sure Alan Rickman portrayed Grigori Rasputin. They did the whole scene, too, where they killed him, tried to kill him a bunch of times. Like they fed him bread and biscuits or biscuits, and he just kept just like shoving them down. And they look they were acting the whole what? At <sighs> least all of those was cyanide, right? You did that, yeah. You're, definitely. You're thinking
1: of the movie Rasputin, Dark Servant of Destiny from 1996, perhaps starring Ian McKellen
0: and Alan oh, Rickman. Yes, and Ian McKellen was also in that film, so yeah. definitely the one I'm thinking of. Okay, good. I'm glad we agree. All right. Any other <laughs> topics tonight? Um Simulating an eclipse, you wanna Ooh. do with that? No, that was part of the beginning of the film. Because mm-hmm. they need an eclipse. Uh an eclipse sort of simulates uh er, er er how do I phrase this? It's like a metaphor for a gateway, right? Sure. When two things converge, it's yeah. a rarity. And of course that opens up a pathway. And that's you could only open up the door. To unleash the Agdru Jihad during a, an eclipse, mm-hmm. and, and eclipses don't just come around every once in a while. Uh, well, they do, they, but
1: not not like every other day. You can predict them, I and actually, a, a fun thing to do is to go onto oh, there's a website. I think NASA does it, mm-hmm. but you can find these websites that will have like where the next you know yeah. two hundred years worth of eclipses are going to be, and there's none in Minnesota. Y- yeah, Ever.
0: but you yeah but, but your your basic plans can't afford to like line up with that all it's the like, time
1: okay next eclipse, like the next the next solar eclipse in you know in in this area of the world is in, you know another sixty three years, and yeah no, like, I gotta honestly, bring about yeah.
0: the apocalypse like tomorrow, yeah, I got things to do, uh so you got to simulate it mm-hmm. and they did that in the movie uh with uh, that gyroscope machine, Project Ragnarok of the Hitler. Nazi Germany. Yeah. Uh, So talk about that.
1: Really, it wouldn't have to be so complicated because what an eclipse is, is it's just the moon passing directly between the sun and the earth. Mm -hmm. So if you want to simulate an eclipse, you just get something that takes up the same amount of sky (laughs) and you put it in front of the sun.
0: Uh, I guess that's not very
1: symbolic, though. That's not... No, it's not. But that's, like, astronomers do this all the time. hmm They, ha- like, there are sp- special telescopes that basically, it's, it's like a telescope, so it collects light and then refocuses it through a bunch of mirrors into an eyepiece. And the telescope will have a disk in it that takes up the same amount, the, like, the same, like, angular area... Yeah. ...as the sun... Mm-hmm. And so you can point it directly at the sun and you can see everything that's going on around the sun, but not the sun itself, which is exactly what an eclipse
0: does. Ta-da. Ta-da. They were, ma- I think they were mostly making an eclipse because they were creating two spherical objects and placing them inside of each other with a gyroscope, right? Because that's what it would do. Yeah. You would create, well, there's an outer ring and, and like two or three inner rings that all spin and create yeah, a sphere when it's going fast enough. The, the illusion of a sphere. Yeah. Um, so like that, the fact that you have a sphere within a sphere sort of simulates what an eclipse is sort of doing is a celestial sphere moving in front of and blocking another, creating a gateway.
1: Yeah, you, if you're getting all symbolic and occult about it, well, that's <laughs> what Hellboy's about. That's what Hellboy's about, which is what makes the science section kind of difficult. But if all you want to do is simulate an eclipse, yeah, you just get a big old piece of cardboard. <laughs> you know, you 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 get, you know, you you get a <laughs> thing of cardboard, however big across, and you hold it out at arm's length, and you say, "Oh, look." Look, look, there it is. It's an eclipse. It's an eclipse.
0: <laughs> I'm squishing you.
1: Okay, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um any other where si- the sun go?
1: <laughs> any other science? That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got for now. I'm
0: proud that you had that much.
1: Yeah, it's whenever there's like demons in the occult and stuff like that, it's hard.
0: I know. Cuz you just got to branch out, dude. Yeah. You got to find you got to just dig dig a little deeper or go a little farther. Maybe I'll do armchair philosophy next time.
1: Armchair philosophy? Maybe I'll just talk about whatever I'm reading at the moment. That Oh, hey, you know what? Ben's book club. <laughs> Ben's... Just completely unrelated. Yeah, it's just like, well, it's one of those it's another special segment of Ben's book club. I'm 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 reading a book right now called uh Oh, what's it called? It's
0: going to take you this long to figure this shit out. No, I don't even want to hear it. I, I
1: want to get the title right. It's called um, Capitalism and Slavery. uh uh-huh. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, I would believe
0: with a title like that, how could it not be? Also, I just finished The Way of Kings. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <sighs> Sorry. If you, if the you new had Jim ed-
2: Crow has been very popular. What is it? The new Jim Crow.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to read that, one. too. Oh. Yeah. I'm still thrumming through Moby Dick, all right? Moby's dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ishmael and Queequeg had, like, an affair, okay? They definitely are, like, two lovers. Anyway. It, okay, fuck me or kill. Ishmael? Ishmael? Ishtar. Isht- Ishtar? Ishtar. Who's Ishtar? The movie? Never heard of it.
1: No shit. Oh, you're in for a treat. Okay. Anyway, that's all. That's all you got. We're done. <laughs> I, I I couldn't think of another word that started with ish.
0: Uh, Ishbala. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I just made that up. So I said my fun facts already. Ish- okay. Ishtar. Yep. Ishmale. Hmm? Ish- female <laughs> Shut up. You're done. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna mute you soon. Okay. Um. And and drinking game rules. Uh. This we could have done some fun things for this. Uh, there's certainly a bunch of fireball shots to be had mm. um, during any sort of Liz Sherman explosion. Yep. Go ahead and drain one. Actually, go get yourself a bottle of incinerator,
1: which is like souped up fireball. I actually gagged when you said drain one in <laughs> reference to
0: fireball. <laughs> like, oh, it is. Yes, uh-huh. we're we're not 19 anymore. We can drink like <sighs> scotch, like normal people. Uh <laughs> Um and just, and you know, every time Abe Sapiens looking a little parched, drink some water, freshen yeah. up, Hellboy punches something, drink a beer. It's just what it's gotta be. Hellboy would drink beer. Exactly. Uh and and every time uh I'm just coming up with all these on the fly gang. Anytime there's a word that you don't understand, you're gonna have to drink a beer. That counts for Ogdru Jahad. You don't know what that means. Anangun Rama Please, if you didn't listen to this podcast, you'd have no clue. Huh? Or you read the comic books. Good for you, proud of you. They're good books. They're seriously really good, and they're also quick reads because Mike Minoy is not known for his dialogue. He's an he's <laughs> he's very much an artist more than he is a scriptwriter.
2: What's some kind of cat-based liquor?
0: I, we we were trying to figure that there was
1: for Catwoman. not figure out yeah. a good cat-based liquor.
0: We were we settled on like White Russian simply because it has cream. Yeah, and they talk about it in the... In the movie. In the movie. So, and, and then it kind of became kind of a sin at that point. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just like, you can't do the drink that was such a terrible joke in the movie because you just feel really bad.
1: Rasputin was six foot four. <laughs> Ooh, damn. He was a giant,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I Like,
1: no wonder they couldn't kill him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good solid joke to wrap it up tonight. Sword are sort of It's a late night week weekday show gang so excuse the lack of energy also fresh off nuptial celebrations too oh
1: the nuptials
0: <laughs> there's so many nuptials the nuptials <laughs> <laughs> uh and cat sitting with interesting cat characteristics so that looks like it's going to wrap it up today super fans <laughs> don't give me that grimace look super movie studies is recorded and produced by triop cop productions a name without any weight what does have weight
1: yes I don't know. I don't know where I was going Our iTunes account. Damn it. We have an iTunes page. And uh, if you like what you hear, you can hit us up on iTunes, subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review. Um, We do read all the reviews. Oh, yes. Periodically,
0: we go back and reread them. I think it's been a long time since we've had a review. It's been so long. It's been almost a year, gang. Yeah. A year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Then again, I haven't checked it in a few weeks, so maybe something's popped up. But- Last time I checked, the last review was November 2015. That's we, unacceptable. We've gotten a lot better since then. We've gotten so much better since then. Come on, so, guys.
1: So go go make sure that all those reviews are current because you don't want people being like, oh, man, you hear that Guardians of the Galaxy episode?
0: Oh, I'm going to fucking barf. I don't even allow people to watch that. You only get 75 episodes on iTunes, okay? I'm going to have to open that up to all soon because... The website's becoming unavailable, um, but you can also find all of the episodes on our old website, supermovieclub.podbean.com. And for some
1: reason, when you search Superhero Movie Club, it's easier to find than Super Movie Studies. Yeah, that's bullshit. Which I don't get. Anyway, new episodes come out on Mondays, and that's, that's all I got. Skylar?
2: Yeah, all right. We're also on Twitter. Which is great, because we love Twitter, and we love Twitter Tom, who couldn't be here with us today. But hopefully again soon. Uh, at Super M Studies. That's where you reach us. Um, I don't know. Just tell us your favorite uh, Guillermo del Toro movie. Simple enough. Um, there's lots to choose from. And there's lots. No, of great no, ones. no.
1: Something more open-ended.
2: Yes. Oh. Tell us your alternate Hellboy title, if it had to be paired next to...
0: Ah, uh-huh. oh, Skyler, you're really good at this on the spot. Here I gotta go. say, here we go. I got it. Yes. I got it. Uh, ha- uh, what's that? What's what's the hashtag? Uh, hashtag like alternate Hellboys or <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag moniker of Hell. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll go with that one for right. now. If if the, our fans think of a better one, we'll go with that. Uh, but yes, definitely an alternate title for hellboy um and uh ben just real quick with the tweets this won't even come out for a week i i know it's, <laughs> it's why it's great all right um <laughs> so uh, other than that um the website's slowly being like d- dismantled uh, I feel so bad about that. Oh, it just hurts me. Um, but if you the 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 email will stay open, so you can still contact us, SuperMovieStudies at uh, You can you can send us things that you wouldn't be able to send on on Twitter, as well as long form messages that you wouldn't be able to do on Twitter. Um, all that jazz, like that. Super movie studies at tribecop. dot <inaudible> So that's gonna do it. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. Yes, come on, Ben Anderson.
1: Anderson. And I hope you have. Ace, you want me to repeat that in a nice voice? I don't give a shit. Go ben, ben Anderson. Oh god, you're just interrupting. And, a and
0: a I hope. Pick
2: And I hope
0: And I hope. Me too. It's gonna be a good week. You have. How oh, was your weekend? A super Week. Weekend. Yeah, took okay, it down. Ah, oh, crap.